Hey, hello. Hi, friend. Hi, friend. And hi, friends. Welcome back to Stacked, the podcast about life and books and life with books. My name is Abora. And I'm Amanda. Welcome. How are you doing, friend? This time, Amanda. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, I said this time, Amanda. (laughs) Tired. She's tired. Yeah. she's, She's overcommitted. She's yeah doing the most <laughs> <laughs> you know when you're doing the most and what do you have to show like mm-hmm. that sometimes the, triggers the memories me. no no, oh, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even talking about like sorry because i went to legoland that wasn't doing the most that was oh no 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 i meant in general yeah <laughs> I when i say doing the most i mean it's like waking up too early mm. sometimes just i don't know Basically, what I'm trying to say is I don't think I'm tired because of memories. I think I'm literally just doing too much that of, of nothing. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. Fair enough. No say. How are you? Uh, I'm here. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm here. Still? Still, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm still here. Here. Oh, and my goodness. It's all matters. This is going to be an upbeat episode. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it will be, because, you know, we're talking about something kind of fun, so, or kind of very interesting to me, anyway, so hopefully that provides the beatness, because this episode, we're going to be talking about book talk, but we'll get to that um, in a bit. In the meantime, anything interesting happened in your week, or what are you reading? Interesting things in my week, I went to Legoland yesterday, Mm. it was so fun, it was so fun. I um, love Legoland. I've never been to Legoland. You have to go. It's really good. I think it's too late now. No. Honestly, it's not. <laughs> it's so fun. And it's also fun to go with, like, children, because... Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was like, I have no children in my life. But I actually would... I would go as on a date as well. It just... I found it to be a lot of fun. But I don't mm-hmm. know. I'm very nostalgic about Legoland. Fair. So if yeah, you've never been, then maybe there. you won't feel the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then what I'm reading, honestly, I've been flitting between books that I really want to finish, but I'm struggling to. So mm-hmm. what is the other one? It's Life Under Surveillance Capitalism. Ooh. Let me just double check. Age of Surveillance Capitalism by Shoshana Zuboff. Mm-hmm. And it's basically just about how our data is being used to manipulate us and predict our behavior. Yeah. So I mean, it's really thick and it's very dense, mm-hmm. but it's very interesting. But I don't know. As I've gotten older, whenever I see books that are really thick, I'm put off. I'm really mm. put off, and I really mm. want to go back into my bag where I just loved big books because I felt like, oh, this book's never going to end. I love that. Whereas now mm-hmm. I'm like, damn. <laughs> yeah, when does it end? end? <laughs> <laughs> that, does, that does sound incredibly interesting, though. Yeah, it really, it really is. So. If you could just encourage me, that would be great. <laughs> yeah. And, right, yeah. And then the other one is, um, what is it? I think you've already read it. It's Her Body and Other, other Parties. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The short stories. Yeah. And Carmen Maria Mercado. Exactly. And that lady can write. Yeah. And I love doing that. Like, I love balancing really dense, like, thick, heavy books with, like, a book of short stories. I uh-huh. um, just feel like, you know, a little change, a little texture when you need it you need to get away <laughs> from all that capitalist surveillance or whatever. Like, <laughs> can I have something fun to read? That's always the best capitalist thing. Capitalist surveillance or whatever. Like, <laughs> Yeah, so that's me. What about you? Mm-hmm. How's your week? How's Malawi? Oh, yeah, no, Malawi was great. Malawi was great. I had a great time. I really enjoyed myself. It was nice to see people I haven't seen in so long. It was nice to spend some time with my family. Yeah, and then now I'm back. So, yeah. how was your week been? How what are you reading? My week's been fine. I'm mainly just kind of like prepping because she starts a new job tomorrow. So exciting! Yay! <laughs> so exciting! Yay. <laughs> so exciting! Yeah, I haven't really been reading. The only thing I've been reading is what we're supposed to read for this episode, which yeah. is. Hoover. So that's been interesting. I I literally finished it a few hours ago. Really? Actually, yeah. I woke up at like six, then I finished it, and I was like, hmm. 
okay, I can't wait to hear your thoughts. Yeah, we'll get into we'll get into oh. the Kalina Hoover. It wasn't my first. I think it was the first. No, no not your it? first Colleen Hoover book, or yeah, it wasn't my first Colleen okay, Hoover book. Okay, when did you read her before? Um, I think sometime like last year. Like her books are always going for sale on like the Kindle. Um, okay, on the Kindle book sale, and sometimes I'll just go on there and I'm like, okay, yeah, that's ninety nine p, and I'll like download five or something, yeah. um, and then. Yeah, sometimes I'll just like idly read them on my phone um, okay. when I'm traveling. And so I think that's how I ended up reading my first Colleen Hoover. And I think it was like this book called Verity. And I was like, damn, this woman's kind of crazy. Yeah, <laughs> like, I heard about that one. Verity. Apparently that's like a fave of people who tend to not like her books. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I can see why. But okay. yeah, we'll get into it. Okay, so for this episode, we kind of did a little mini dive into the phenomenon that is BookTok. And by BookTok, of course, we're referring to the subsect of TikTok that has readers kind of sharing book reviews and um, their reactions to what they're reading and memes and kind of like other just fun, fun bookish content in a way that's really quick, snappy, and is like really engaging. I think almost in a way it's like they've memified reading. And <laughs> in like the best way, you know, because a lot of the time um, when you're reading stuff, you're not, you don't really have that kind of engagement from like other people who've also read it, like not that easily at your hands. So yeah. I guess it's kind of nice to be able to go on there and just search up a book that you're reading and see all like these other people's reactions to it and what they thought of it. So yeah, and it's, new, it's actually really become a force within the publishing industry and has kind of like single-handedly launched or relaunched the careers of like many, many authors who are really, really popular today. Most notably, uh, the lady we're going to be talking about this episode, Colleen Hoover, or as they refer to her in books, called Coho, because you know the kids need to, they need to shorten everything. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of like BookTok really kind of seemed to gain traction on the platform kind of during lockdown and it was called kind of like the world's largest book club and it was just a great way for like readers to stay connected with other readers. So with that being said, Amanda, have you had any experience with BookTok? None. I don't have TikTok. I probably, I have Instagram so sometimes you see people post their yeah. TikToks on there. Mm-hmm. But- What's the yeah, but I'm actually deep in, I don't know what they call it, but the, the part of Instagram where people cook. Mm-hmm. So books aren't even what I see on my social media as much anymore. Okay, thought, okay. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I actually haven't engaged with it much, but it's interesting. Like even mm-hmm. the fact that, yeah, when I go into bookshops, I will see that table that says, book talk recommends yeah mm-hmm. um, like book i do avoid it do but it. you know mm-hmm. <laughs> book talk made me do it yeah so you avoid it yeah i mean i'm not like I me mean, i don't hate the internet but I'm, <laughs> I, I'm generally afraid of which is why i even got that surveillance book because i'm generally afraid of like those addictive types of social media mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i like it mm-hmm. Twitter also is one that i had to leave mm-hmm. <laughs> so i never joined tiktok for that reason and I mean, TikTok's definitely the worst of them as far as like, you know, addictiveness comes into play because it really is just designed for you to be on there just scrolling for hours. It's crazy. And I'm, that's me. I would do it. Yeah. Yeah. We all end up doing it, unfortunately. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> yeah. So I'm not really big on, like, I'm not, um, yeah, I'm not on TikTok. Like, really, I'm more like the friend that waits for other people to send TikToks to me and then. <laughs> <laughs> I go on TikTok. I enjoy other people's TikTok compilations. Yeah. Uh, I know I haven't really been on TikTok either, but for this episode, I did download it so I could just kind of see, like, what are the girlies doing on there? Like, yeah. what are the girlies doing? And just to <laughs> kind of see how massive the scope is. Yeah. I was and, like li- YouTube for it. Oh, you're watching YouTube for it? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, YouTube yeah. videos about TikTok. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, because it's like, it's a thing, it's a topic. It's been so influential to like the publishing industry that it's kind of like, I don't know, I feel like it deserves some kind of examination because, yeah. wow. Because, like, for example, when I went on TikTok, like the BookTok hashtag has over 112 billion views. That's crazy. 112 billion views. And the New York Times said that it was like credited with helping authors sell over 20 million books in 2021. That is crazy. 
And oh, yeah. I think it's insane. And for this to happen, especially during the time when there was kind of this conversation around like bookstores dying, yeah. is the physical book becoming obsolete because everyone was kind of like drifting over to ebooks and audiobooks. So to kind of like have this thing that suddenly brought around the resurgence of actual physical books, yeah. I think was like incredible. Yeah. I think I think you're right in saying that it's worth talking about. I think if anything has this much influence, then we mm. should talk about it because even like there's a good part of it, but I'm also interested in like the dark side, like what we miss, mm-hmm. or what does TikTok talk miss, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. what does, what what books does it tend to gravitate towards, and what mm-hmm. books does it tend to look over? Yeah, and that's what's that's what's interesting because mm-hmm. it's kind of seemed like because I mean to be fair, TikTok is already kind of like a very young demographic. A lot of the books that have been kind of doing well on there. So let's see if we can bring up a list. Uh, like as we've previously mentioned before, Colleen Hoover, who uh, anything uh, like those. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I think each and every one of her books has been pushed almost to the like bestsellers list just off the strength of TikTok alone. So I think she's on definitely one of the main main TikTok girlies, book talk girlies. Yeah. Um, and then also there is Tyler Jenkins Reid. Have you heard of her? She's the one who wrote. The Seven Husbands, Evelyn Hugo and Daisy yeah. Jones and the Six. Yeah, I've, I've heard of The Seven Husbands. Of Evelyn Hugo, right? The one with yeah, the, yeah. the green dress or something on the front. <laughs> Which actually, I've never read any Tyler Jenkins read, but she's another like kind of book top darling. And I find it interesting as well, because with both of them, not only has it kind of pushed their books to the forefront, it's pushed their books so much that they've actually literally Hollywood has taken notice and most of these books are like getting production deals now. Daisy Jones and the Six was made into a show by like Amazon that is super popular. Really? And then now, yeah, super, super popular. And now Tyler Jenkins reads other book, the Evelyn Hugo one, that's yeah. also being made into a, I think a film. I, actually. I, saw, I saw the trailer for It Ends With Us. And oh, they already did the trailer? The one with Blake Lively? I don't, maybe the thing is, maybe the internet made one up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, they are making it. it into a show. I think, but oh, they're literally, they? they're producing okay. it right now. Like, I think it's okay, filming fine. right now. Okay, the internet's um, doing wild then, because they're creating fake, like, trailers. Yeah, and I think that's the other thing about, like, book talk, right, is that, like, people will create a whole entire little mini movies kind of based on this book and like the aesthetic of this book yeah. they will fan cast they're like ideal cast for who they'd like you know to play whatever in this book and to play that role and that role so i think it's just such a really interesting way of like engaging with reading in this way and like making it very real and tangible to like a lot of um, a lot of these kids which is nice yeah. which is really nice because i mean remember when you were younger and you read something and you were like so obsessed with it and I love to talk about it with people. Like, I remember when Twilight exactly. came out. and exactly. Imagine the kind of things that would be on TikTok about Twilight. I mean, I bet if, if you go right now, like, Twilight's probably, like, the hashtag's oh probably popping up. But if Twilight had book talk, that woman would be, if she's not a billionaire already, <laughs> she would be, because that was a very book talk. Um, it that it was. It would have killed on book yeah, talk. Yeah, literally, it would have absolutely killed on book talk. <laughs> so she did all that without she did stephanie mayer yeah yeah she did all that without the book talk which is crazy but i know like for the it ends with us book yeah i know that blake lively is like uh gonna play the female yeah she's also i think one of the producers i think she was like yeah but she's gonna play the female protagonist which so ridiculous but we'll get to that in a second (laughs) (laughs) so ridiculous well, but yeah, so kind of like with that being said, I don't know if it's exactly fair to use Colleen Hoover as like the quintessential book talk author or like to yeah. judge, you know, all book talk recommendations of this one book we've read, which isn't what we're aiming to do here. More so just kind of like went through a few lists that were talking about book talk books. And this was one that seemed to pop up a lot and it looked interesting. So we said, you know what, let's give it a try. And let's see what is being pushed on this <laughs> pushed on this um, platform. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see, like what what are the what are we reading out here? I also so, yeah. saw um, I also saw a little life on those lists. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, they love a little life. Yeah, mm-hmm. they do. They do love a little life on book talk. They also love like 
The Midnight Library by Matt Haig, Song of the yeah. Achilles, you... <laughs> <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> the actual excitement. <laughs> She said, I'm down with the kids. I have that. <laughs> but I have heard that one's really good. I've also heard some of the Kiwis is really good, which I actually really want to read that one. I think it's supposed uh-huh. to be kind of like a mythological retelling, yeah. which sounds great. And then actually also Sally Rooney. Sally Rooney's also a big one book talk. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't see that one coming. You didn't? No. Why is it? No, I mean, I think she's just big in general. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Um, yeah. You know, she is the millennial author after all. With that being said, let us get into It Ends With Us by Colleen Hoover. So what were your thoughts, friend? Because this was your first Colleen Hoover. Yeah, this is my first Colleen Hoover book. Mm -hmm. And I can't even be too judgy because I haven't finished it yet. Mm-hmm. But overall, I the writing is good. Like it's very engaging and it mm-hmm. flows. Mm-hmm. But my god, support is so che- cheesy. Like oh. I bookmarked some bits that I thought were just like, uh, hold on, let me find it. <laughs> I've got them in my notes. Sorry. Wait, first, should we contextualize or like add some context oh, yeah. to the book? Yes, mm-hmm. please. Okay, so. While Amanda looks for these um, notes, because it really is, like, hella cheesy. The book is essentially, we follow this woman called I Promise You, without even a shred of irony. Do the full name. Lily Blossom Bloom, who, believe it or not, wants to be a florist. (laughs) That's so cute. She's so cute and quirky. She's so cute and quirky. Lily Blossom Bloom. I'm sorry, nobody's named like that. And if you are named like that, you're probably one of Jamie Oliver's kids. So what's she doing in New York? Or like you're definitely not in New York. And also, or you're just like a character in a children's book. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Lily Blossom Bloom. That was like one of my main takeaways about this. I was like, the people in this book are named literally ridiculously. No, Ryle? Ryle. Ryle, Ryle Kincaid. Firstly, I know Get that's Kincaid a out of there. Last, I know that's a slaver in the last name. I just know, like his family and that. Well, I just know it's giving. It's giving <laughs> slave owner wealth. That's what it's giving to me. Kincaid. The thing is, tell I me, tell me that doesn't sound like a southern plantation. It is, but I now associate Kincaid with, with um, Jamaica, Jamaica Kincaid. Jamaica Kincaid, yeah. Exactly. So I was like, get the name out of your mouth. And where is she from? The Caribbean. The Caribbean, guys, so we know so, what that is. So, you know? Yeah. Okay. Well, I was like, not this, not the slave owners. Anyway, sorry, did you find the thing? Yeah, but I wanted you to um, tell the people what the book is about. Oh overall. my god, yeah. Imagine, I completely forgot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, it's always a protagonist, Lily Blossom Bloom, who is just, you know, your average, she's like, what, when the book starts, 22, 23? Yeah. Year old, you know, yeah, year old girl who would like to become a florist and she meets this, randomly meets this man called Ryle Kincaid, who is a, what, 28-year-old neurosurgeon? Yeah. Yeah. A 28-year-old neurosurgeon. Neurosurgeon. Is neurosurgeon a 28-year-old neurosurgeon. I was like, look, I don't know a thing about I don't know a thing about a thing, so I definitely don't know a thing about becoming a neurosurgeon. But <laughs> at what age did you start that you're fully qualified neurosurgeon by the age of 28? Well, I think was he not in his was he not still in his residency? What does that mean? Yeah, he was in his residency, but he was like but ready it, to go. He, yeah, like he yeah. was p- participating in like big Surgeon, really surgeries. big important surgeries and i'm like hmm. yeah like that bit when they when like they're about to kiss and then he gets a call like i gotta go i'm like who are you like, <laughs> who's calling you <laughs> yeah she meets this man and they just kind of have this tumultuous love story that blossoms from there <laughs> blossoms was you know yeah we'll we'll leave that there but okay yeah so as your okay. friends colleen Hoover, what did you think yeah so some cheesy lines like just kind of giving me in the first, anyway, the, at least the first chapter, it kind of gives you that kind of, the thing, like, romance. You think it's going to go well. You think everything's mm-hmm. going to go well. Like, lines like, do you always say exactly what's on your mind? He shrugs. 
not to most people. Like stuff like that, I just feel like vomit. <laughs> you know, like it's just like okay. Yeah. Um, and then that you remember when we talked about Catcher in the Rye and you talked about that character being someone who thinks everybody's really fake mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he's a realist and I think there was something like where is it here he goes, feels, it feels like everyone fakes who they really are when deep down that we're all equal amounts of screwed up and I'm like mm. and some of us are just better at hiding it than others I don't Ooh. know stuff like that I'm just like yeah. whoa whoa <laughs> <laughs> we're all screwed up in this crazy world yeah you know so it was very cheesy which is not like my favorite kind of writing but it's the kind of writing that can still hold me because i mm-hmm. do like some cheese to be honest mm-hmm. yeah yeah there's nothing, yeah. There's nothing wrong with a little cheese. sprinkling of cheese yeah. yeah it just needs to be sprinkled on something <laughs> yeah i'm like and just like the kind of topic area like i love this i don't love it but like i do think it's interesting to like explore gaslighting and mm-hmm. yeah it's not like some it's not a wishy-washy book at all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which we'll say it's not a it's not a wishy-washy book, which was one of the things that kind of like surprised me. But I guess like going into it, that was probably on me. I fully expected it to be like I was expecting like a romance. Like I was mm-hmm. I was locked in, ready for just like the cheese, oh, like God. the cheesy romance. Yeah, literally, like I was I was set. I was like, okay, cool. Um I'm just going to read a romance. That's just what I'm going to do. So I was a bit surprised by the fact that, like, I, like about halfway through, I was like, this is not a romance. It's not a romance. Oh, no. And it's like, I think I had the same exact reaction to you. Where I was like, I, I was getting to, like, the halfway point, And I was like, I'm just so tired of, like, all this cheese. And, like, I just, <laughs> I can't. real. Yeah, I'm like, I actually can't do it. And I remember writing down in my notes, I was like, what are the stakes? Yeah. Like, what are the stakes in this book? Because <laughs> what, are the I, what are the stakes? Because I'm like halfway in and okay, cool. She opens up a shop that seems to be doing fine. There wasn't even really much going on between like the two of them except like, you know, angst and longing yeah. and like yeah. whatever else. And obviously there's this whole subplot about her first love or whatever that we keep flashing back to and those weird letters that she's writing to Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> And we're, like, and we're at, like, the halfway point at this point. And I was like, okay, but what are the stakes? Like, what is what is, what is at risk here? Do you know what I mean? Because it's like, she opens a store. It just amazingly does incredible. She just amazingly stumbles upon a woman who just wants to work for her and yeah. has this amazing interior decoration and is going to help her with a store for, like, pittance for literally free. Like what her emotional support, rich best friend. Yeah, exactly. Like it sounded exactly like that, and I was just like, "What is? What is this? What is this world? (laughs) What is what I want to live in?" Yeah, for real. Like actually, but yeah, it's like, what is the? Let's let's spice it up. Like, what are we? What are we afraid of? Like, what are we? What are we reading for here? And then, and then, Colleen Hoover said, "Bet." Oh, you want some heat? She said, you want steaks? (laughs) (laughs) She said, you want some action? Because I really was like, there is no action in this book. There's literally nothing that's happening. And then it turned abusive. Yeah. Which I'm not going to lie. Like, like, shout out to Colleen Hoop for that, because I did not see it coming. I genuinely... Yeah, it was a plot twist. I genuinely was like, there's nothing happening in this book. And then two pages later, he is slapping her up. I was like... Please stop. And and you, you know, the other thing is, you know how in the beginning of the book, they, he talks about the children who yeah. with a gun? And mm-hmm. then obviously we come later to find out that, you know, that we find out. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I, I kind of love a foreshadowing. I do. <laughs> I yeah, really so love... So I love when I go, oh, so okay. That's so my yeah, I liked that. I was like, oh, yeah. So it was lot, you. Yeah, she has a lot of foreshadowing. So if you like those moments where you're like, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, you did say that. Yeah, moments um, where you're going to go back and like re. You're like, ah, uh-uh, it okay. was you the whole time. <laughs> then, yeah. Yeah, she, she did that well. I feel like it's advertised as a romance, though. So, like, when I got to that, I was like, mm-hmm. um, what's going on? <laughs> like, can I get my money back? I didn't. <laughs> I was not expecting this um, because I feel like previous to that book, like the, oh, sorry, previous to that bit, but the first half of the book was just kind of like, 
run-of-the-mill, I suppose, yeah. setting up of, like, a love story. And just to me, what seemed like an improbable love, a weirdly intense one that... Because I'm like, you guys don't actually know each other. It gave me Fifty Shades of Grey. Mm, kind of yeah. 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 It did, especially, like, once the abuse started to happen, because it's this whole thing of, like, a a tortured love affair or like not even just the tortured love affair but the tortured man because Mm. I didn't really precisely feel not precisely I definitely just did not feel like his history and his background what's happened in his life excused any any of his behavior like you know once it had been kind of introduced as like oh and he's like I'm this way because when I was younger this happened Mm -hmm. and then ever since then like sometimes I black out in rage sir Go and get the help that you need. Yeah. <laughs> and leave me out of it. It's like, sir, what are you talking about? There was like, I highlighted some bits because I was like, I can't even, let me try and find them. Because I'm not going to lie, I did kind of, as you were saying before about how it explores kind of like gaslighting, etc. Yeah. I kind of liked the way that well, I liked, but I thought the way that she explored the domestic violence aspect of this was quite was kind of interesting when he's telling her the truth about when he's telling the truth when he's excusing his actions (laughs) when he's excusing his actions for the first time and giving her this reason um he says Alyssa, who is his sister wanted me to tell you all this because since that happened there are things i can't control i get angry i black out i've been in therapy since i was six years old but it is not an excuse. It is my reality. Huh? It sounds... But so how come his sister... Like, you know that my sister wanted, you to tell, wanted me to tell you. When did you want to tell me? Exactly. When were you going to tell me? And then also, it's like, I'm sorry, why is your sister using this as, like, a valid excuse? Like, if I come to your sister, even to begin with, and I'm like, oh, my God, your brother, like, he slapped me. And yeah. you're like, oh, no, that's so sad. You need to tell her why you did that. No. No, like, don't excuse that. It's literally, yeah, it's definitely, like, I just think that, I don't know, people who try to to excuse people's behaviour for things that have happened to them, I don't know, I just feel like even even no matter how bad the backstory is, when Mm -hmm. you start doing things like that to other people, there is no excuse, there's context. And all, all it, if there's a backstory, all it means is that you need to be hypervigilant about getting the help that you need or staying back from people until you know that, exactly. you know, you're not going to cause X, Y, Z. I just, exactly. I think people should be careful about saying, yeah, you know, well, this happened to him. So I just kind of, exactly. Know, so it's like, him. yeah, exactly. So it's like, you know, he only does that because this, he only does that because he was, no, 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 that doesn't excuse anything. And also it doesn't make what he's doing any less, like it doesn't exonerate him. Yeah. And it was crazy to me that, like, his sister was, like, being, like, oh, you know, like, what, we should understand? No, we shouldn't. And that's the thing. I also feel like with women and men, I feel like women are more empathetic towards that, those kind of backstories for men. Mm-hmm. But then if you're a woman and you do those things and I black out and I rage, then people, yeah, I feel like men don't tolerate that from mm-hmm. women. And so I don't yeah. understand why we should. Because it's like, I'm sorry, what kind of level of anger is that? I've been angry as well. I've, I've, we've all been angry before. Do you know what I mean? Like, you, I black out. Why? And why don't you tell me when I'm angry? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally. Yeah, like, every now and then, like, what, you just go dark behind the eyes and you just, you're not, you don't know what you're doing and you're not feeling um, responsible for your actions? No. 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 Like what I found really, really interesting was kind of like the struggle that Lily Blossom Bloom That's right. was feeling towards this relationship. Because to add some more context, we actually meet, the book opens up with Lily after leaving her father's funeral that she yeah. had to eulogize, which yeah. she was complicit about because her father was abusive to her mother, uh, physically abusive to her mother and sexually abusive to her mother, like her entire life. So this is something that she's grown up in and she's grown up with and we meet her just at you know after his funeral where she had to eulogize him and she got up there and said i'm just gonna say five good things about this man and said nothing so i mean i feel like we met her at like a time where i was like okay she seems like a a strong character you know i didn't feel that way because you didn't felt, feel that way no because it felt like it wasn't that she went up there and that was her plan she really mm. just had nothing to say like she oh no it, she said she did it on purpose though didn't she 
I thought she said that I wish I actually had something to say, but he wasn't a good man. And so, yeah. I, couldn't, so I couldn't think of one. Like, it didn't feel like I knew I was going to go up there and do that. It felt like they mm. forced me to go up there. And my mm-hmm. mom said, try and say five things. I said, here are five things. And then, I don't okay. know. I, I just felt like she was I read like, the opposite. I read her like <laughs> being as like, yeah. Badass. Yeah. Like, here are five good things about my dad. I almost felt and like then she nothing, felt bad. And then that's why they came to like grab her. Grab you her. felt like, what? Yeah, no, I felt that she felt bad that she couldn't say anything, but that is just what it was. Mm. That she couldn't. Interesting. Um, I, but I also love that when people read the same thing and they're like, read it differently. Different ways. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Which is why, like, when I met her, when, so when you were introduced to the character, did you feel like she was like a strong character? Or like, did you feel like she was a, not like a strong character, but like, did you feel that she was being written to be this kind of take no, not like take no shit, but like, I read, I, I read her as being like a reliable narrator. I read her as mm. seeming to be very honest and self-aware. Mm-hmm. And like, even this thing she said when she's like, after he would beat my mom, then we'd have two great weeks. Mm-hmm. And I almost looked forward to them. Like I would mm-hmm. enjoy them. And mm-hmm. I thought that was a very honest thing to to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that whole entire aspect just seems to be important to the character, right? This thing of like naked truths, which they yeah. keep repeating through the yeah. book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, li- I thought she was just honest and and that was, I didn't feel like she was particularly strong or like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, I, but I think honesty gives people a sense. For me, anyway, I, I strength to me. Yeah, yeah. So I got that from her, but I didn't see her as like a badass kind of went up there and mm-hmm. I'm gonna do this at my dad's funeral today. It almost mm-hmm. felt like she felt so bad that that it had happened and she couldn't say anything. Do you think? Um, yeah, mm-hmm. like I felt like she was like, like oh. I, I just messed up my dad's funeral and now I can't breathe, so I'm here. Hmm. Okay. But well, how does how did you read? <laughs> the <Google> <laughs> opposite. <laughs> <laughs> she literally planned to do it. Add action. But, <laughs> I know, for my recollection, I was like, she literally planned to do it. But I'm, I completely agree with, like, the honesty thing. That was the one thing that I actually really liked about her character. Especially when it bled into the... When they were talking about the relationship and Ryle. <laughs> I hate his name. I know, it's the worst name. It's Ever. absolutely the worst name. And then Actually, when the sister has... anyone is called Ryle, but... Who, who is? <laughs> <laughs> who is? <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry to nobody. That's a made-up name. And, and then the way it's spelled as well, like, please... <laughs> give me a break, ho <laughs> You know what? <laughs> it's the fact that at a certain point, there's also a baby in the book. Like, his sister uh-huh. has a baby. And she names the baby Riley. Like she just adds an E to like the name Ryle. And the, Ry- and the Riley spelt like that though, Amanda. Damn. I'm like, that's confusing. Kind of, Why would you make it mad Rob and have to spell that? <laughs> yeah, like what? Like, okay, so like, we're getting so distracted because okay, I was talking sorry, about like yeah. the receiving and like domestic <laughs> violence. <laughs> but actually, another point is I don't like when characters and stories are written this way where the things that they grew up with ha- happen to them. Mm-hmm. Or like, oh, mm-hmm. I married my father. Or like, mm-hmm. I'm you know that. Mm-hmm. I'm but isn't my, that life though? I'm becoming my mother. I don't know. Is it? Is that life? I don't know. I'm becoming know. my mother. I'm seeing people become their mothers and marry their fathers all around me. I'm screaming. I don't. No comment this time. No further comment this time. <laughs> But yeah, there was like one bit where she said something like quite, I think, interesting and honest um, Mm -hmm. about this whole um, relationship and like just kind of the mentality behind, you know, women who do get abused and do stay. Because it's this thing where people was like, oh, you know, what was the reason, blah, blah. And of course, uh, most of the time the reason is fear. But I thought it was interesting that at some point she says that when she's talking about she wants to forgive him and she does forgive him a few times yeah um even considering like her own background with her mom and her dad and like yeah. her being someone who's like i would never stand for that yeah and you know it's one of those ones where like like as a teenager she was looking at her mom like why are you staying like why do you stay for this yeah and then it starts happening to her and it gives her like new added context or new added insight yeah. and perspective as to like why and she says like a certain bit that like sometimes the reason women go back is simply because they're in love and she goes on to say and i think it's true you know because she goes on to say prevent preventing your heart from forgiving someone 
preventing your heart from forgiving someone you love is actually a hell of a lot harder than simply forgiving them. Yeah. Like, as in, if you don't have it, if your heart has already forgiven and you're used to like forgiving and forgiving and forgiving, it might be harder to actually even hold that person accountable to something that, because you quote unquote love this person so much. Yeah. You've already forgiven them for. Yeah. I, I mean, the love part makes me like, worried but Mm. definitely this idea of like forgiving people being in the habit of forgiveness Mm -hmm. is I really relate to that and I feel like yeah I also struggle with it because it's I don't know because being holding on to anger is really hard it is really hard it's really hard it's so much easier to just kind of move on and be like everyone's human and everyone struggles Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. especially if the person is like I'm sorry and this happened to me and it's yeah you just lean towards sure and I feel like, I don't know, I don't know, sometimes I'm also forgetful. It's, I feel like it's harder to remember the bad things. I find it easier to remember the good things that people do than mm. the bad. And I wish it was the other way. Mm. So would you want to live like that? You don't want to always be thinking the bad that other people do, you know? No, but it's like, the moment's like with her and... and oh, her. yeah. Yeah, you mm. want to be able to like... You want to remember that. Yeah, you want to remember that. But then it's like in that moment, yeah, like you're just thinking, yeah, you know, I should forgive, so much easier to forgive, but it's like, can't you remember this, like, the being though? Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, like it's, it's interesting to me that that doesn't come to your mind. And I I'm think not it's her, it's like everyone. And, just in and, general, I, yeah. and for me and, and my experience, not I haven't experienced abuse like that, but in mm-hmm. terms of like emotional stuff. I think, and which is why like, I thought the love thing was interesting because I think it comes down to like, a situation where like, you have so little love for yourself but you have a lot of love for this person who's hurting you, Mm. which then makes it easy to forgive, quote unquote, forgive and forget, because you already don't give yourself the grace and the love that you're ready to extend to them. So because of that, you're able to forgive a lot of heinous, heinous things. Yeah. I think that's part. I think that's exactly the problem. Yeah. 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 So like, I I felt, sorry, Pam. No, no, I was just going to say that if you see yourself as, like, a third person who's also worthy of the love that you're giving that person, then maybe you would be able to not necessarily not forgive that person, but Mm. honour yourself by walking Yeah, exactly, because you'll be even more shocked and more hurt by what they've done because you Mm. love yourself and you know that, like, you deserve more, you deserve better than that. Yeah. Wow, am I going to (laughs) cry? Are we going to cry? But, I mean, there were some, like, parts in the book that really kind of, like, that, yeah, like, kind of resonated with me in ways like that, especially kind of more towards the end when yeah. she finally tells her mom, like, what's been going on um, in her relationship. She's been ashamed to tell her mom this whole time because, obviously, yeah. um, she used to judge her mom and, like, her mom um, also, I think she also doesn't want to... Make him come across. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, yeah, make him come across bad, but then also hurt her mom by, like telling her that hey like the cycle is actually continuing because how would you not blame yourself as a mother yeah if you're like your daughter grew up in a certain kind of environment and then replicates that kind of environment because that's what she recognizes as love you know and her mom says to her like because she's kind of like we're talking about the whole like forgiving thing and how like it was just easy things to like forgive etc etc and her mom says to her she's like i know exactly what you mean lily but the last thing you want to do is lose sight of your limit which I loved that. I loved that bit too. Never lose sight of your limit. Because once you've lost sight of that... And that's the thing about gaslighting is that you get so confused. Mm-hmm, exactly. Like, like, what is... Where is the limit? Was there a limit? Exactly. Exactly. And, I like, I love that so much. I was like, I'm actually going to take that and I'm going to apply it to my life. It's giving tattoo. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because she gives the example, and obviously, you know, this whole episode's a trigger warning for, like, domestic violence, but she goes on to say, like, we all have a limit of what we're willing to put up with before we break. And she gives an example of, like, when she was with Lily's uh, father, where the first time that he hit her, he was obviously really sorry and swore that it would never happen again. Second time, he was even more sorry, sorry. And then the third time it happened, it was more than a hit. It was a beating. And she took him back again. But then what was messed up is that the fourth time it happened, it was only a slap. And she found herself relieved and thinking, at least he didn't beat me this time. That wasn't that bad. Because you've lost sight of the limit. 
Oh, she lost it. Yeah, you've lost sight of the limit. And then now everything's just kind of like, well, at least it wasn't this. And at least it wasn't that. And at least it wasn't that. And it's just like incremental, incremental. Yeah. And when you're, when you're also living in shame and you're not sharing this experience with other people, that that's another problem because then mm. other people can't even give you perspective. Yeah, and when exactly. They do, when they do, you think, oh, well, you don't have the full picture. But it's exactly. like, nobody needs the full picture. If someone is beating you, that's the full picture. That is the full picture. And then also sometimes people who are like on the outside of it like they don't need to see the full picture so, you know, I, the sense, I don't need to see the nitty-gritty details it's about what is all of this amounting to especially oh. from the outside i'm clapping for you what is it amounting to that's all that's all that actually matters if your friends can see you and they're saying look you you've gone somewhere yeah exactly it doesn't matter that they're not there at 3am when you guys are like huddling and you know you finally made up or like whatever else no no, no. the point is that they're you're not doing your work you're not you're not you're just not exactly you're just not so yeah but yeah I mean shout out to Lily Blossom Bloom's mother yeah I made up for that naming and then another oh. thing I really liked, and I, I'll leave it at this because it is like the end of the book. But like another thing that I really liked that it she ends said with to her, this. yeah, is <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> she's like, oh, but I just know that like you know he really loves me and I really love him and et cetera, et cetera. And, his, and her mom says to her like, if he loves you so much, and he knows what he's doing to you, especially because you know his defense is that like, oh, I black out, blah blah. Yeah. So she's like, if he loved you so much, he would make the decision to leave you himself, so he, that he knows for a fact that he can never hurt you again. That's what I'm if saying. Like, step back. Period. 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 Take a step back. Like, if he really loved me, and I'm the one that you care for in this situation, you would never be here begging me to stay with you when you know that you'd be blacking out in anger. And hurting people. Oh, anger, rage. Yeah, literally rage. Oh. Like just red hot rage. Like no. no. I'm with I'm with um Mrs. Blossom. Yeah, I'm with I'm with Mrs. Blossom as well. no Miss Bloom. Mrs. Bloom. Mrs. Blossom Bloom. <laughs> but yeah. So like with that being said, like I felt like it was actually a really interesting read. I don't know if it's because like I'm in the midst of like holiday blues or mm. like post-holiday blues mixed with a heavy dog of PMS but <laughs> I quite enjoyed it yeah and and I, it was like as you were saying it, it grips you a little bit mm. I think the same I also think more so because because it's marketed as a book talk book mm. I was very skeptical because I'm mm. skeptical about TikTok mm. actually I think it's worthy of you know some hype yeah mm-hmm. i just want people to stop like marketing it as like a romance though like i think it should be kind of like discussed as like kind of the dark story it is about domestic violence and yeah, um, yeah. that, that is a bit stuff. weird to be honest yeah and I, it's like i mean sorry wrong. no no just because it's also pink and it just it's very like exactly exactly and I, I mean if we're talking about it being popular on tiktok I don't like the 15-year-old girls reading this and being like, yeah, romance, oh, Ryle. Uh, I stand. Ryle and Riley. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, and I think there was, actually, this is also the book, I'm realising now, there was this um, whole, there was, like, this drama, um, I think maybe last year or earlier this year, where, like, they made a colouring book based on this. Yeah. Um, and then people yeah. were like, I'm sorry, what are we colouring in? No. Blood splatters, like the abuse. Uh, no. A black eye. Like what are we no. colouring in? No, adult colouring books are, are a good thing, but this is a this is a and this no. is not the topic. Unless we're for doing it. her flowers and her flowers stop shot. I think mm. we can stop. I think that's yes, it. If you know what I mean? Well let's just do another book. Honestly. <laughs> Okay, now it's time for the book request segment where we act as your book fairies and recommend you some books. What have we got today, Amanda? So what do we have? We have Haystacked. I would hey. like to read. <laughs> I would Sorry, like I can't to read. <laughs> no, I love it. I would love Ooh. I would like to read more books by black British men, both fiction and non-fiction. 
Any recommendations for this? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, now I'm seeing like nonfiction. I'm like, hmm. Yeah, no, we've got people. Nonfiction, David Olishoga, there's, was it Black and British? Mm-hmm. Oh, and the yeah. How do we forget Carla? Yeah, Natives. Natives by Carla. Yeah, um, Also, I was thinking about that satir- satirical book. It's called Think Like a White Man mm-hmm. um, by Nels that. Abbey. Mm-hmm. But actually, the author on the book is a fictional character. Um, the author is a fictional character. So on the book, yeah, it's written like some bootleg Whitley the Third or something. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, would, I don't want to ruin it for you because that's part of why it's really funny. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that was really good nonfiction, both about race and mm. kind of navigating race in the UK. Mm-hmm. So yeah, had a few nonfiction there. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the call it like natives is essentially just about like well, Britain's like colonial legacy, right? Yeah, yeah, and I love that it's really not that big, but it's written really well. And yeah, I think it's really positive. digestible as well. Yeah, yeah. like the call is a great writer. Yeah, okay. also Kane Day Andrews. Back to Black, and he wrote something else that is really good. But Kane Andrews, in general, like his writing is, he's very invested in the Black British community. So mm. I recommend him too. I haven't read anything by him. I'll give you Kane some. Kane Andrews, yeah, please yeah. do. Yeah. Okay. And then for fiction, obviously, we've spoken so much about writers like Caleb Femi, Sam Sublon as well, who wrote The Lonely Londoners. That is my like quintessential black male, like black male, <laughs> black British male book, you know, <laughs> like that's my classic, which is Lonely Londoners. And then I was also going to recommend one that's currently on my TBR as well. I haven't gone around to reading it because I'm just staring at it on my bookshelf, but it's called Crossing the River by Carl Phillips, wow. and it's essentially like a historical fiction novel. You know, I love historical fiction that like follows these three black people and spans about 250 years and it's just kind of like about the past and how it's just completely inescapable and oh, leads into every part of life today what's that story you told me about where is it octavia butler where she keeps going back to get her white slave and kindred to go save his life yeah it sounds a bit like that but not no yeah, no, it's yeah. giving it's giving that other one by yeah, Jersey. What's that one? That's home, like, home going. Home going. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is kind More of giving like home going vibes. Yeah, because I think it is like as home going is kind of multi generational, multi POV. So you can yeah. follow these three people. But I've heard really, really good things about it. So yeah, let's both read that one. Yeah, yeah, and we've mentioned like I, I think before already. You already said we mentioned Derek Lucy in passing, mm. um, but losing the plot is about his mom's experience of when she came. And I think that is, I've only just started it, but it's, it's good so far. Mm. And I've heard that that reminds me, it's really good. Mm. Yeah. That yeah. reminds me. Okay. Yeah. So we hope you enjoyed those recommendations. And also keep sending in your book requests. We've got a couple more episodes to come and yeah. we still need some requests. So send them in to the stackedpod at gmail.com or you can DM us on Instagram as well. At the stacked pot. At the stacked pot. Okay, so takeaways for our book talk episode. I feel like mm-hmm. I should start because I came in really side-eyeing. <laughs> Unsure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess my main takeaway, at least from the book, like this obviously big book talk book is mm-hmm. the, the line that you mentioned about you know no, no don't lose sight of your limits mm. that's just a takeaway from a book talk famous book and then generally from but the, the concept of book talk in general i think it's good i, I think like obviously the, prem, the premise of our podcast is to read like we want people to read more and anything that does that for me is i'm here i'm here for it mm-hmm. and my only concern is that sometimes it feels like the books that get picked up are the ones that are very like sensational very Mm. I don't know shocking that kind Mm. of stuff Mm -hmm. and yeah I just want us to be more weary about that and considerate about that and maybe also it's kind of a lead to find more interesting ways to talk about books that we love that don't necessarily have that shock value Mm -hmm. Um, because they should blow from book talk Mm -hmm. but um, Mm -hmm. yeah I think that's my those are my takeaways 
<laughs> what about you? I think that line from It Ends With Us is also going to be my main takeaway from that book, to be fair. Um, actually, also, my other takeaway is going to be, wasn't as bad as I thought. Mm. It wasn't mm. as bad as I thought. Yeah. I definitely enjoyed it in some places. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to get on the coho hate train. No. <laughs> um, I mean, I can get on for like a stop or two, but you know. <laughs> Gonna get up here. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get up here because she made some point to that. At least, like she, there was some interesting discussion going on in that yeah. book, anyway. Yeah. yeah, and I at least appreciate that she wrapped it up by not kind of like minimizing domestic violence or like its effects, or just making it seem like it's something that love can make go away. You know, I'm so. Done. <laughs> I'm happy about that and then like as far as like book talk goes I just feel like I really like the concept of just like having the world's biggest book club or like whatever I wish it was around when I, I was a young reader you know to be able <laughs> I really do to be able to go on book talk search the book and to see loads of like videos of people interacting with it in the same way that you are maybe they've made like fun cute little videos like it just seems like a really really good time but i agree with you about like kind of the type of books that seem to be getting pushed on there or picked up on there i definitely think there's like lots of room for diversity as far as that's concerned but yeah i mean i'll read some more book talk famous books i might read the tyler jenkins read one actually i've heard her husband's one is pretty decent i'm interested in the song of achilles me actually no you're right that is the one that i want to read yeah i want to read that one let's let's do it yeah let's read song of achilles (laughs) it is a big book though and you were just saying oh no just give me a second (laughs) are we talking like 500 yeah Yeah, i think okay let me get through the surveillance one yeah (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. We love having you with us. Next week, we'll be discussing poetry. Ooh, it should be an interesting one. So am I. So am I. Yeah, really excited. I feel like I haven't, I didn't get to talk about poetry as much. Ever since I left school, it's always Mm -hmm. been, yeah, very much passing by comments. Yeah, it's just like, I mean, where do we go to talk about poetry? You know, so let's start that decision. So I'm excited about that. In the meantime, you can find us on Instagram at The Stacked Pod. Please join our book community. Send us book requests, like we said. And yeah, this has been Stacked. Remember to pick up a book.